Now, the next thing, C, is kind of interesting. I'd like you to watch with me, read, uh, uh, watch along here in C1. We have thus far met personal, demonstrative, and relative pronouns. Now, which are those? Personal pronouns, chapter 10. Demonstrative pronouns, chapter 13. Demonstrative are this and that, hutas, echinus. Relative pronouns, hus, he, ha, 15, chapter 15. We are now encountering interrogative pronouns. Now, I have to tell you guys, when I was taking Greek, I kind of never got this point originally because in our language, we do not have different forms. I don't know if you've ever thought of this. We do not have different forms for interrogative and relative pronouns. We use who. Like, I know the man who sees you. I know the man who is coming. Who is coming? Interrogative. Same form. Not in Greek. I know the man who is coming is hos. But the question who is coming is a different pronoun. And that's what you have in number two at the top of page 161. Tis. Tis with an acute accent. Always is interrogative. So if you want to say who who said this? Tis Ipe Tuta. Who said this? If you want to say I know the man who said this. Now that's a relative pronoun, and that would be this. Ginosko, ton andra, hos, ipen, tuta. See, there's the difference. I know the man who said this, and who said this. My teacher never really, I don't think, made this clear, this, this difference like this. This is a relative pronoun, and this is an interrogative pronoun. Okay, so this asks a question. This is the guy who. Now, take a look at the pattern. <clears throat> this basically has as its, um, uh, as its form, I've got them up here. This first one would represent tints, tints, with the knee dropping. There's our stem right there. That'll go out and you get tis. And of course we know the neuter likes to drop a final consonant, so look at the neuter, it's ti, not tin. 
Tis, tinus, tinny, tina, tinus, tinon, tisse, tinse, tinas. Tit, tinus, tinny, ti, tina, tinon, tisse, tin ah. All right, now look at paragraph 3b. This is actually fairly important. The unaccented, the unaccented forms, which are also enclitic, the unaccented forms mean somebody, someone, some guy. So this. Uh, Rob, in your Cheetomatic, you will find, for example, in the King James, they will translate this tis, that is indefinite, as a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Well, what's ironic about that translation is it isn't a certain man, it's an uncertain man. Okay? So it really means some guy was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Not a certain man, Fred, you know. It's not a particular guy. It's a guy. And as a matter of fact, um, some people have actually gone so far as to say that tis, unaccented like this, is almost like an indefinite article A. So tis anthropos is some guy, a guy, yeah. But this is a pretty common usage. So you have this here. I know tinas, tinas, because it's uh, enclitic. I know some people. I know some people. Or. Ginoskai, tis, meth, uh, or hemas. Let's, let's use that. Some guy knows us. Some guy knows us. I know some people. Yeah, but it has an accent on the last syllable because it is an enclitic that the, en the two-syllable enclitic will put an accent here. Just like when you have aime, when it's got to have an accent by itself, you put it on the second syllable, this way. When their accent, look at here, Newt, when the accent is acute over the yota, that's when it's interrogative. And you'll always know, look at this sentence here. In fact, let me put these up. Look at the difference between these two. See, this, this is good now. This one, top, means somebody knows us. The bottom is who, who, knows us interrogative and the thing is when it is indefinite it's got to stand second or later because it's enclitic see 
some other word's got to carry it. It can never stand first in the sentence. When the tis or ti stands at the beginning of the clause, then it will have the acute on the yoda that never goes to a grave even with a word following. That's why I briefly made a mistake when I put it up there because there's a word following. It never goes to a grave with a word following. So, tis genoskai hemas, who knows us? Genoskai tis hemas is somebody knows us. Then look at C. At times the neuter interrogative form ti asks why. So, ti poi esas tuta is not what did you do this, but why did you do this? So there is no separate thing for why. As a matter of fact, ti, the interrogative of the neuter, is most frequently to be translated why. All right, now I would like you, for the rest of this lesson, to close up your books. Yeah. Oh, sure. Well, no, take, take off, in that sentence, take off the last word, tuta. What did you do? See, then it would be what? What did you do? Well, it could be. Yes. What thing? So it would be, for example, uh, uh, what object did the architect make? What did he make? So it's a thing, abstract thing. Okay, that's, that's the object of the question. Thing. Yeah. Let's say, let's say these are killing things. Let's say we found a dead body and we can, can we ask who killed as opposed to what killed? What killed this person? Would, would you use tid? If you wanted to say that. Okay. Yeah. And also with the masculine feminine plural. See, that's the thing. Murdering is just a good verb. You can illustrate lots of stuff with that. Okay, go ahead. Um, and then with the masculine feminine plural, uh, you know, we, we would always say, for example, who is coming to dinner tonight? But if they said tinet, would that actually be who are coming to dinner, knowing that it's a plural? Yes, yes, yes. So tinnes erchantai. Who are coming to dinner? Right. Mm -hmm. and That's. Is it actually still translated that way with the plural? Um, I don't know if we even have that in the New Testament. Well, you could have this, Joe. You could have this. Who are the saints of God? You could say that. Yes, exactly. Right. Uh, who are coming? Don't worry about that. Well, okay. That's what I'm asking. Do we even have no, no, it's not. No. Okay. It'll be more like, who are the ones doing the will of God? It'll be like that. Well, if it's people, you're going to use tis. Right. If it's things, you're going to use ti. What did you do is ti. Who did this is tis. So if you said, who, who are you, if you were talking to a, a woman, you would... Still use tis. Oh. See, tis is masculine and feminine. Oh, that's right, yeah. 
Yeah. See, and I think that's the handy thing about that. Yeah, you probably have a construction according to sense, I would think, that you would use TIS, you know, because it's not a thing as such. No, well, well, it could come in the middle of a sentence like this, but never in the middle of a clause mark, like this, for example. Hoi douloi said, hyphen. Tis blepi hemas. The slave said, who sees us? Well, it's sort of in the middle of the sentence, but it is at the beginning of that clause. That's a relative pronoun. See, that's what I was saying. That's hus. That was the thing that was so hard for me to get as a student, is to realize if you say, I know the man who is coming, that's not tis, that's hus. It's a relative pronoun. Yeah. That's correct. You'd probably know a little bit by the positioning. Like, for example, you'd have genoskai tis me or tis genoskai me. That way, with the enclitic, you've got to put it later. That may be one of the reasons they did that. I never really thought about that. But manuscript-wise, you've got to work it later in the sentence. All right, now, this next thing that we're going to have for tomorrow is perhaps the most difficult thing, theoretically, to get in the whole course. All right? It is... Once you see it, it is simple. But it's just got to click for you at some time. I mean, it's not, it's not difficult in the way that the participle involves referent, time sequencing, positioning, not that kind of thing. You just, it's more like deponency. You just got to see this. You got to see what deponency is about. This has to do with the use of the voices. Now, I'm going to put up a couple of sentences in English. He is turning the boat. The boat is being turned by him. All right, now, this sentence is transitive. He is turning some other object. He is turning the boat. So this is active and transitive. This is passive and transitive. The boat is being turned by him. He's doing the turning. And it's passive. The boat is being turned by him. Now what about this sentence? The boat is turning. 
What is that? It's active, right? And intransitive. If by intransitive we mean the action of turning is not being transferred onto something else. If I say, I am turning the book around, that's transitive. Right? If you just kind of, if I spin this, and then when I take my hand away, you look, you'd say, the book is turning. Or was turning. Yes, was turning. Thank you. Take one away from him. All right, now. Active transitive, we use an active verb, right? Passive transitive, what do we use? A passive verb formation. For active intransitive, what do we use? No, in English. We use active, right? We actually double up on the active. So when I say is turning, it could be transitive. He is turning the handle, the screw. Or he is turning around. Just turning. We double up on the active. This last point of the lesson is as simple and as hard as this statement. Greek, to express this middle thing here, the intransitive, doubles up on the passive, not the active. So if you are going to say, he is turning the boat, Greek is going to use the verb strepho, and you get strephi. That's a new verb for us, strephi. The boat is being turned by him is strephotai. The boat is being turned by him. Now, finally, if you want to say the boat is turning, is by itself, Okay? So we double up here. Greek doubles up there. In other words, when you see the active, that is basically going to be transitive. When you see the passive, it could be passive transitive is being turned by an agency, or it could simply be intransitive, the boat is turning. How are you going to know? Basically, by whether there's an agent expressed. Notice how I did it in the third one? By him. Hup autu. So, I'm going to go over now to the th uh, this board over here, and translate these into Greek. He is turning, strephi, 
the boat. The boat is being turned by him. Toployan is being turned. Strephatai. Hyp. Autu. And now the boat is turning. You're looking out there. Oh my gosh. It's headed right at him. No, no, now the boat is turning. So you're just looking at it turning. So it looks like that middle one is saying, the boat is being turned. But it's the way Greek will say the boat is turning. There is no agency expressed here. The third one, the boat is being turned by him. The agency is expressed. Therefore, you use it as a transitive passive. Now, I think there's a certain method to this madness. And it would be something like this. Imagine that you are a shepherd in, uh, or you're observing, sorry, a shepherd in Scotland in the Highlands. You're about 500 feet up a hill. You watch him and his dog, and you hear him whistle, and his sheep come together, and you would say, the shepherd gathered his sheep. Or you could say, the sheep were gathered by the shepherd by his whistle. Now you work yourself further up the mountain. And now you're at 1,000 feet. And the wind's blowing, and you can't hear anything. But you can still see. You look down there. You see the shepherd. You see the sheep scattered around. And all of a sudden, the sheep come together around the shepherd. And you could say, the sheep gathered around the shepherd. But you know darn well that something gathered them. Right? The sheep actually were gathered by something. So an intransitive action does actually have an agency. It's just that you kind of don't know what it is. So, my gosh. The stool moved. Well, it was moved by something. So it's logical for it to be seen with, uh, to be conveyed, sorry, with a passive verb because there is an agency involved there someplace. But now, the sort of Newt Bill Silver Bullet is. Is there an expression of agency? If there's an expression of agency, you have a transitive passive. So our third sentence over here would be, the boat is being turned by him. Here there is no agency expressed. The boat is turning. Not, not actually the boat is being turned. Now, it could be the boat is being turned 
But Greek will use this for the intransitive sense. Yes? Well, all right. Um, let's take a look at English Review for Greek. You could not live without this document. Page 13. No, I, no, no, no. I don't think it's a matter of brushing up the English. It's to realize that there is a, a dual kind of conceptuality possible. Right. This is, I don't know if some of you are old enough to remember when in the NBA, uh, in, in the bonus situation, you got three free throws to make two. Okay, well, this is just the opposite. This is two to make three. See, you've, you've got to, and here's the interesting thing. They don't use the middle for this. They don't use the middle. So uh, there is a difference between I am turning something and I am simply turning. And they weren't conceiving of it as I'm turning myself. But something else, something is turning me. So, um, uh, so you know, it's just kind of like if you'd say, here, let's do English. He is turning the boat. The boat is turning. See the same formulation? But you don't think when you're thinking the boat is turning, you don't go something like this. Let the other shoe drop. What is the boat turning? Is it turning uh, the logs in front of No, no, no. See, you're thinking of this now intransitively, right, as the boat is turning. Well, that's the difference that Greek's going to be doing. So it's not a matter of brushing up the English. It's this concept is there is an agency. This concept is it's just doing it. Now, where's the big payoff for this, folks? Let me tell you. In the resurrection. Because we will have verbs for raising up. Now, in the passive, you can say, Jesus was raised by the Father. But you can also say, Jesus was raised, or Jesus arose. Now it's intransitive. Now he's doing it on his own steam. Now he's not some guy who's just vivified by God. Now he's God. So there's really some stuff at stake with this little distinction here. The difference between Jesus was raised and Jesus arose is huge. So, and that's the difference. I raised up, Jesus raised up the Son. The Son 
arose, just got up. See, that's the difference between transitive and intransitive. So now, there's always agencies, whether it's stated or implied. Yeah, I, well, I think that's the way Greek's thinking about it. But when it says arose, it's just saying, well, it's just on its own. But it kind of, I think, it kind of knows there had to be an agency there. That's probably why it's using the passive. No, no, no. What? But no, but see, for us, when you say the boat is being turned, you have simply it's this one, and you've simply neglected that. Yeah, like for example. stool is moving now <clears throat> all right let's do it again now see I can see his foot pushing that stool but if you couldn't see it back there okay uh, Brian happens to be awake now uh, all right if all of a sudden the stool is moving see now if you actually saw you were in a house at night or something, and suddenly some plates went across or started moving. You would say, the plates are moving. You wouldn't say the plates are being moved. Yeah. yeah. I know. You can always focus away from the important thing, Kefi. That's, that's good. Uh, so, uh, so, you know, that's the idea. You'd say, the plates are moving. You wouldn't say the plates are being moved. The plates are moving. Oh my gosh, the salt shaker is moving on the table. Now, there is obviously some kind of agency, but you know what? It doesn't have to be an outside agency. Could be that the thing is possessed or is, is a living thing that's God in disguise. Well, I mean, let's not get off on that. But, uh, uh, but this, is, this is simply the boat is turning. So if you use this raising, though, is a good example. Jesus raised the young man. Jesus arose. If he arises under his own steam, he arose, not was raised. Okay, Ron? Oh, I thought you had your hand up. All right. Uh, all right, now let's take a look at page 13. Of, of English Review for Greek. A transitive verb transfers or carries its activity over to a direct object. Middle of the page. The enemy attacked the camp. Note that such a transference of the action to a direct object need not actually be expressed. The word scored is transitive in the next sentence with the direct